Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. Power Couples on Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. Steve Stein, Ann Hockett, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having us. Morning, Glenn. How's it going? Good. Yeah? Yeah. You guys look great. A little tired. A little tired. <laughs> we were out dancing last night. Dancing. Yeah. Okay, good for you. See, this is this is why we have power couples on, so they can tell us the interesting things they do as couples. Uh, and let's start with you uh, first off, though, and, and give us a little bit of background on what you, what you do, because you know we are all wrapped up in our work lives and our daily lives, and help hopefully helping people and doing great things. And I know you are. So tell us a little bit about you healing. Okay. Well, you healing started a few years ago, and it's a small nonprofit organization that helps people on their journey from illness to wellness. Mm. And so while I don't take me seriously, I take the processes that we use seriously to um, kind of get all four wheels in the right direction so that healing is possible. I'm sure they take you very seriously, knowing <laughs> you for a few years as, as we have. And, and Steve, you're doing a, a number of different uh, interesting things. Uh, what are you up to? Uh, jack of all trades, yeah. I guess. Uh, the, the podcast, I think, is something that's uh, been a hard project for me inside Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that, I started up uh, Inside Asia Advisors. Uh, now I work with senior executives who are looking to make the leap from corporate into doing other things on their terms. Oh, that's great. And the, of course, Inside Asia podcast, if any of our listeners haven't listened to it, fantastic content. I mean, truly a who's who of people across Asia that are doing interesting things and, and making a difference. Uh, that is just a, it's my, it's one of my go-to podcasts. So well, thanks for that. it's on my Stitcher uh, favorites account. So yeah. that's good. Now, you guys have an interesting life in that you've got three different homes that you spend time between. One in the U.S. on the East Coast, Bali, a beautiful uh, villa there, and time here in Singapore. How do you make that work? <laughs> All the different things you're doing. Is that, is that hard to sort of combine? Uh, look, first world problems, let's get that straight right yeah, now. But, yeah. uh, you know, especially the locations where you guys live. But h- how do you manage the, the time in different places like that? Um, well, first, it's wonderful. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like I'm moving from 1947, which was my life in Bali, where I barely wear shoes. Yeah. So the stress for me is thinking, I'm going to Singapore. I need to pack shoes or <laughs> find things that actually go together. Yeah. Um, but it's, just, it's been wonderful. It's been uh, much easier the longer we do it. What was the genesis for that? Because at one point you were just living here and then you decided to, to yes. branch out. So why did you make that decision yes. to expand? It, that was a, a, an interesting parent moment where we have an incredibly gifted, talented older daughter, our eldest, and it made sense for her to go to the green school in Bali because here, while she was doing well academically, she was cutting off some things like rugby and other talents that she had. So off we tootled thinking we'd be there for five months with a duffel bag, seriously, <laughs> And eight years later. So both the girls graduated from high school there. So we had a year and a bit where Steve was with Becca here in Singapore. I was with Maddie in Bali. Mm. And we were going back and forth. Mm. And while it was tough, you know, parents, you just do what you got to do. Yeah. And it's all turned out to have been the best decision we could have ever made. Yeah. yeah. Uh, both of you are Americans, of course, living here. Um, and have lived in the region for decades. Steve, you first started out in the 80s, right? In, mm, in 89. China. Yeah, yeah we landed in uh, 1989 in Hong Kong, and I was a China studies guy and a journalist and got kicked off into the Wall Street Journal up in Hong Kong. And uh, Anne uh, said, why not? Let's go for an adventure. And mm. she ended up uh, building a career. I mean, I think the one thing about Asia over 30 years is you can almost design who you want to be and how you want to be it. You just uh, go through the motions of figuring out what's interesting, what's happening. It's been a growth market for 30 years. 
a unique opportunity, and it's been an extraordinary journey. For uh, for you, living between the various locations, um, how do you manage that? How do you make it work? Yeah, it was uh, a, a unique situation because about the time that we made the decision to go to Bali, I took over as a regional managing director role with a big uh, search firm, and I w- had 10 offices in the region. They said, I don't really care where you go back on the weekends. And so I said, <laughs> how about Bali? And they said, no problem. Uh, and then when I started up my own firm two years ago, well, of course, I can be anywhere. Where it depends on where the clients are and what yeah. time requires. And uh, it's just this perfect toggle between two sides of my brain, which is uh, the creative right brain side and then you know the more analytical left brain, which is the Singapore side. And uh, it, it's exactly what I need to give me the juice. Mm. I remember uh, several years back when you were working for the search firm, you literally had the Steve Stein suite at the Conrad Hotel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> leaving yeah. luggage there during the weekends. And, and yeah. you know, just back and forth. I'm sure everybody knew your name and what your preferences were for lunch and dinner and everything else. It's so true. We were family. I even <laughs> left my bike there. So I was, uh, it was just coming and going. Um, it, was, it was wonderful, but it was also a little strange. I think now it's more, uh, it, it feels more realistic, more, more absolute. This is kind of where our lives belong in a strange way between the two places. Yeah. When you are consulting with your, with your clients, you mentioned you're doing it all over, right? What's mm-hmm. the typical profile of somebody that, that wants uh, Inside Asia advisors? Yeah, well, there are two things. I've, I've decided partnerships are the way to go. So uh, I'm doing work in partnership with the conference board and also the Center mm-hmm. for Creative Leadership. We're setting up a CEO and board council. Uh, we'll be going to market with that in the next month. Hmm. And I also work What, what on, does that mean exactly? Well, it's it's the council. There's the, the, the conference board sets up councils to identify issues of the day and then uses research to back and uh, identify what are the kind of key uh, problems that people are dealing with. We see now as a critical moment for boards to start to think broadly about some of the other issues that are impending that are going to impact the way they operate their businesses in Asia. So Inside Asia brings insights, information, trends. Conference Board brings research and other capabilities. Center for Creative Leadership talks about the way boards can more effectively work with their top teams and CEOs. So mm-hmm. together, uh, we create a, a, a value proposition that I think is second to none in the market. Well, and Anne, you're in the middle of running one of your fasting cleansing programs. Is, mm-hmm. that, is mm-hmm. that true? Yeah. It is true. Tell us about sort of your signature programs that you run when you help um, when you help folks that want to detox or do something. I'm speaking with uh, Ann Hockett and Steve Stein, our power couple today. <laughs> yeah. um, so one of the things that I think I'm most known for is the, the fasting retreats. Mm. So that's for people. There are different groups. So sometimes people are very, very sick. They're dealing with a multiplicity of diagnoses, um, not feeling well, not having the energy to move forward with work, with love, with life. I also do a lot of work with what I call the walking wounded working well. Hmm. <clears throat> so they're currently pretty okay, but they realize that they're very stressed. They're maybe not sleeping so well. Maybe I, not I think feeling that's that probably just about everybody just in Singapore. Just about everybody. That's why um, <laughs> as a word of mouth business, I'm doing just fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, but my job is to really uh, return people to a sense of awe and wonder about the magic of the physical body. Hmm. So they take better care of it, like a Maserati. And what does that typically look like? What does that process or that program look like? So they come in for a week and they are given Bali Botanical. So wonderful things that are plant-based and they drink a fair amount of water and coconut water so they're not struggling with hunger. And my job really is to clean the gut out from top to toe because it's 
it's impossible to get on top of wellness given that 80 to 90 or even 95% of unwellness originates in the gut. Yeah. And so it's a full fast. It is a full fast. Yeah. Yes. Great. And typically how many people at a time would, would come and join you for that? It depends. Um, this week is a smaller group because it's a high acuity. So this is my sweet spot when people are really, really unwell. I love that. Mm. And then um, I travel around from the U.S. to Dubai to Bali. And those retreats are usually 22 to 26 people. Mm. Mm. So small enough that there's a fair amount of one-to-one time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about family. You have two daughters who are now both in the U.S. Give us uh, the kind of the overview of what your family life looks like. Great question. Um, I, we're tight. I, the four of us, I think, have <laughs> been uh, for so long. It's been one of the great uh, parts of, of, of living in Asia and being together. And we've had so much time to get to know each other, seeing them emerge as young adults. And they're 22 and 23 now. Uh, we're even tighter, even closer. We don't see enough of them. But uh, I'd say that dynamic is probably, you know, the basis of everything that allows the rest of our lives to move forward in a, in a positive way. Uh, it's, it's tantamount to, to us feeling you know, good about the world and good about what we do. And Anne, you know, when you think about the time that you spent together in this part of the world, you mentioned, you know, for a while you were, you guys were split basically because, you know, Steve was here and, and you were in Bali and, and uh, with Becca the Green School. How did those experiences as third culture kids um, shape who your daughters are today? Oh, gosh. Um, I think third culture made it difficult to go back to school in the United States <laughs> because while they look the part as an American, um, they really weren't yeah. culturally otherwise steeped in that. Um, and I think that they would say that Bali changed their lives, <clears throat> really opened them up to a new perspective. And they're very, very, very much part of the solution now. So all of their decisions about what they wear, what they buy, what they say, who they hang out with, comes from that, that experience of living really mm. in a third or fourth world economy. And I would credit Steve for the family, the word tight. I think a lot of why we are so tight is because from the moment they were born, literally, with Maddie in a little pouch on my front or your front, um, we took us off the grid. So we were in places where there were no other activities. We were hiking and walking and biking and scuba diving and swimming. And so I, I feel like that um, encouraged a, a deep conversation always. Yeah. And we've even from the beginning encouraged the girls to be quite independent. Now that may have gone a little bit too far because <laughs> now they're winning all the arguments. They're far more informed than we are. But, but you raised something important. It's, yeah. It hasn't all been good times. I mean, the separation period that we had uh, was hard. It was difficult. I mean, we were apart for a period of time and there's been highs and lows. And, and I think those are essential in terms of really shaping and forming the characters and the ability to interrelate with each other. So I'm not, I'm not an advocate of happiness at all costs. I think uh, the painful learning moments and the tough times are essential to make you closer through the years. And, and we've had them. We've had our share of them. And, uh, well, Becca you know, wrote a book about them. it. Sorry? Becca wrote a book about it. <laughs> she yeah. did. Yeah, her, her senior thesis was basically a perspective from Anne, Anne's perspective, looking at the life and that transition period between Singapore and Bali. And mm. uh, it was an incredible thing to read for all of us. Mm. Wow. And when you're together, uh, how – you know, your Facebook feed is full of amazing photos from amazing <laughs> places. But what do you focus on when you come together as a family to create those moments now uh, as they are young adults and, and you guys are, well, when, well, at least in Steve's case, an older adult? When Steve and I come together, my goal is to beat you in backgammon in the morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> we make this luck. incredible Bali yeah. Arabica I, I coffee. Think try to beat me, I think, is yeah. the operative yeah. words. But, yeah. oh. but, but as a family, yeah, fight words. I see, yeah. I, I see a challenge coming yeah, on this go. afternoon. She's, she's got my ire up. <laughs> but, uh, but I think, I think 
for uh, the four of us, and we do make uh, three times a year. We're all together. It's conversation. It's mm-hmm. just conversation. We get around dinners and we get around the you know coffee, and we will talk for hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, take walks. A lot of physical, wild talking, biking, walking. Uh, it, this is the thing. This is the juice for us, and and it's always been that way from the very beginning. How do you think that's going to play out in their life? Who are they going to be because of what you have done in the past 10 or 15 years? They're going to talk a lot, I guess. <laughs> what would you say, Um, Gosh, I guess if I were going to take any credit, which is hard, because I think their magnificence is really theirs. But we um, tried to take them to really interesting places to introduce them to things that were different and always had a service component in mm. it. So we were always traveling but doing something meaningful. Well, not always, but most of the time for folks while we were there. And I think both Maddie and Becca are infused with this sense of service. And, um, you know, inclusivity, I think. Well, we're stalking them now. So wherever they are on the planet, we, we, <laughs> we tend to rock up. Or, yeah. or we decide to go really cool places and fly them in. So they always say yes to that, too. Yeah, so sure. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look forward and, you know, other folks – out listening, we have, uh, you know, most of our listeners are business people with families and busy lives, full-time lives, as I mm-hmm. like to say. What advice, if they've got younger children and they're moving forward with their family life, what advice would you give to them based on what you guys learned? Oh, I would say just that. as a practice, and, and I alluded to it before, um, make dinner something special, ritualize it. You know, no technology, no phone, sit around, make sure it's, you, if you can, in anything you can do, make sure you get around and have those conversations in the evening. It's a wonderful way to download what's going on in their lives, mm. but it's also a way to introduce ideas that they may, may not have crossed their minds uh, up to that point. Um, and encourage dynam- dynamic engagement, you know, challenge them, push each other. Uh, that's to me was the most valuable thing we did as a family. Almost under any circumstance, I would get myself back in order to be able to have those dinners. If I had to get back on the phone or back on calls, I'd do it. But that was for us uh, sacred stuff. I would add to that that um, it isn't realistic, or at least it hasn't been for us, for both of us to be in full gear at the same time. Mm. So uh, I don't know that we ever had conscious conversation about it, but there were times that you were taking the lead in terms of your schedule being really demanding and travel and all of that and and vice versa. And now that the girls are are grown, we can both go full tilt. But yeah, I, I, I would say for working women out there, it isn't easy, but... And I did it through teaching medical students as well as being in venture capital. But my work life did rotate around the girls. So I would come home and, and be with them when they were home from school. And that meant that I was often up at 2 o'clock at night trying to finish my job. Do but just stuff. trying to keep them yeah. central because I knew that guilt was going to kill me. I, I really, really wanted to be a mother and I wanted to give it as much as I could. Yeah. I wanted to be my best at that. Fantastic. Steve Stein, and Hoggett, thank you so much for being our power couple <laughs> today. You can put that on your resume now. Yeah, backgammon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now he's going to go beat me in foosball. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> Have a great day. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.